Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Unreroute the rivers, let the damned water beat. There's some people down the way that's thirsty, so let the liquid spirit free. The people are thirsty because of man's unnatural hand. Watch what happens when the people catch wind, when the water hits the banks of that hard, dry land. Clap your hands now. The beautiful sound of Liquid Spirit from Gregory Porter. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, you get to listen to me, hopefully interviewing someone wonderful from the world of business, and normally they are pretty wonderful. I call them a shaper. And my business shaper today, I'm very happy to say, is Bill Amberg. Bill Amberg is famous for his leather designs and collaborations with people like Paul Smith and Donna Karen and a whole lot more interior design, the world of hotels, and all sorts of fantastic things you'll be hearing Lots from Bill very shortly. You'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, a brilliant mix of music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including the Bad Plus, Madeline Peru, and this from Mr James Brown. That is Papa's Got a Brand New Bag from James Brown. And what an apt choice for my business shaper today, Bill Amberg. Bill Amberg is famous and has been for many, many years for his incredible leather designs, the application of which you can see in bags. You can see on walls, you can see in all sorts of places. And it's not just leather, it's obviously many other beautiful materials as well. Bill, thank you very much for joining me. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. You're from Northampton originally. Yeah, I know, I know, the Midlands. The Midlands, but Northampton, if I'm not mistaken, famous for shoes. Shoes, well, that's what started my whole, that's what started my whole business. So you, you, the shoes, one of the brands I think about is Grenson's, which I used yeah, to wear when I Grenson's. could keep my, they were very heavy, Grenson's, amazing, they last forever, but I think they're owned by Tim Little now. Who's they, the, exactly. The, the Tim Little uh, shoe shop also on the King's Road, a fantastic shoemaker. Um, Tell me, you're, you're, I, if I understand it right, you're from a design family. Uh, I think your um, your mum was an architect. That's correct. Yeah. And apparently, the story goes, you know, when you when you find out, I do my bit of research, they find out how these people got into the world of leather. And we're not talking about the world of leather literally, but that the the bigger world of leather. It started with scraps of leather that used to come back from the market, and you were obsessed. You got into it, and you wanted to do things with it. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my mum was. Um, uh, she was just really always encouraging us to make things and do things and design things and build things. And leather was just one of the materials that she would find on Northampton Market and bring it back. And my dad always had a workshop, so I ended up making hideous bags for my sister and my mother and everybody's Christmas presents. And But it started a kind of interest in the material, which then developed after school into apprenticeships and and a kind of real passion for the material which I still absolutely have now and it led to um as I mentioned earlier collaborations with um some of the greats in the in the world of of fashion and design Paul Smith Donna Karen 
you're the, you were the young man from Northampton that was working with some of the greats in the fashion world. How did that happen, and how did it make you feel at that time? Because this is this is a while ago, and things yeah, yeah, will come onto the the current Bill Amberg iteration. Is a, you know, I, I came I, after school. I travelled for a couple of years and did apprenticeships in Australia and, and New Zealand. Um, working with some amazing leather craftsmen, but really covered off lots of the techniques of the material and really understood it and, and built a proper bedrock of, of knowledge technically. Um, returned to England, came to London, having not really lived in London at all. Um, it, this is in 84. And uh, started to make bags, even though in Australia I'd been making jewellery and moulded sculptural pieces. Um, started to make bags because it seemed like a sensible way of making money out of my newly learnt skills. Um, and somebody said, oh, you should go and go to this shop in Floral Street. There's this great shop. You should go and check it out. So I literally went and knocked on the door and, you know, two days later I had a meeting with Paul and he said, yeah, I'll buy them. So <laughs> literally like that, it was like, whoa, that's, that was kind of cool. And um, for the next five, six, seven, eight years... I designed all of Paul Smith's bags um, in leather, and uh, it was it was a fast, you know fabulous time. Find out much more from my business shaper Bill Amberg. He's the man behind the original Paul Smith leather bags, and he's gone on to do some extraordinary things. Time for some music. This is Do It Again from the Bad Plus. That was Do It Again from The Bad Plus. You may know they played at Love Supreme with Joshua Redman. Bill Amberg's my business shaper today, and he's, um, I'm going to call him the leather man, but he's a lot more than the leather man. He's a designer, um, and he works with beautiful materials. He's, he's famous for the Paul Smith bags back in the 90s and working with Donna Karen. Beyond that, you went and set up your own shop, didn't you? Uh, I think late 90s, around 1996 in Notting Hill, and then opened in New York as well. Moving from the pure artisan to the, and your story's fantastic, you know, trip up and you say hello and here are my bags and that's great. And I imagine that's harder and harder now as the world's become more competitive to do that. But then moving into your own P&L, your own business, what was that like? Well, it was, it was strange because I, I literally started on a very kind of hand-to-mouth basis, making bags for Paul Smith. I, I, I got picked up very quickly by Liberty, started designing bags for Liberty also started quite quickly to uh, design the, the new men's line and some of the ladies' bags for Donna Karen. But um, really the big, the big change for me is when I went to London Business School and they, there was a very good course at London Business School, which doesn't exist anymore, sadly, called Firm Start Programme. And you had to have an existing business. You went in over the course of an academic year and I th- you did two days every three weeks at, at the London Business School, and it completely restructured my business and gave me a proper framework from which to operate, made me understand the mechanics of business and really completely altered the way the way I ran the business. What made you think you ought to do that? Because I think I, I, I've 
chat to lots of very creative people who are pure, unadulterated and proud to say artisans. They're purely creative and they the, the idea of business and structure is not quite anathema, but it's not cool. You're different. Why, why do you think you were led and drawn to that? Well, you know, to be honest, my dad just said, hey, look, look at this thing. It's in the in the in the papers. It was in the, some advert in the Financial Times, not a newspaper I read. But I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. And also, I'd never been to university. I'd never been to college. So I was just kind of intrigued as to what it could be. And I just went along. Didn't think I had a, stood a chance because I seem to remember it was like 2000 people going for 12 places or something. So I thought, well, it's, you know, that won't be me. And got on the course and, and just rolled with it. And it was brilliant. Why did they pick you, do you think, Bill? I don't know. I think um, I, I, I guess I'd already got probably eight years of, of, um, of, of business experience. I'd managed to create something reasonably solid, albeit, you know, wobbly, <laughs> I guess, um, you know, up until then. So it was... Um, you know, I, I guess that's what they were looking for. I don't know. I mean, frankly, I have no idea. Yeah, that, that was there. Okay. I'm very happy they did, though. Yeah, yeah. But you've obviously, you, you, you strike me as something that's understated, but you're quietly confident. You back yourself. It looks like you back yourself. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes, definitely. And I, I, and I know my, I know what I'm doing with the, with the material, and I'm very confident about how, what I can do and in terms of the designs that I can create and how to make them i have a good always been able to make everything that i've dreamt up has been a massive massive help because now if i go to a factory i i know what's going on on the desk and now with my own studio you know all of the craftspeople that i employ they know fully well that i can make everything that i'm discussing or asking them to make you know so it's a it's much more of a two-way street Stay with me to find out more from Bill Amberg, my business shaper, today. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom for your burgeoning business from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. My name's Andrei Yurkiu. I'm a partner in the competition group at Mishkondorea. Now, competition law, you may be thinking this is to do with uh, winning a prize. Uh, No, this isn't what we do. This is trying to help businesses, large and small, uh, with problems that they encounter in their day-to-day business dealings. Now, one of the issues that we very regularly are asked to advise on is when you have a new startup is trying to make a name for itself in the market. And uh, sometimes the existing players we'll all uh, have a cosy chat and decide uh, there's not enough room for a new business coming in here and they might decide to uh, engage in a campaign of activity to make it harder for you uh, to develop your business. Uh, It's the classic David and Goliath story uh, and very often we can use the tools available under the competition rules to help small businesses who feel that they're being kept out of a market. Uh, A classic example could be a new broadband provider who comes in and finds it's very, very expensive for them to access a relevant network. Well, we may be able to find out for you that actually the price you're being charged uh, is far more expensive than it should really be. And obviously, uh, your costs are going to be very important to you. They're going to be very key to you making a profit. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. 
It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning, you hopefully join me to hear me talking to someone who's a shaper in the world of business. If you've missed any of the previous 180-plus shows, go into iTunes. You'll find quite a few there. FT.com is a destination, as is CityAM.com. And if you're flying this summer, British Airways will enable you to listen to some brilliant guests. My brilliant guest today is Bill Amberg, famous for his design work from Paul Smith through to Donna Karen. He was credit director at Mapping and Webb. He's award-winning. He's even a doctorate as a, a doctor, rather, and awarded a doctorate from the University of Arts very recently and I believe he and his team won the Condé Nast Travellers Innovation and Design Award a design award a few years ago I mean you've also got an honorary degree from Northampton University you, this is all lovely and I, and I sometimes ask this but does it make any difference to you that you get all this recognition are you one does, does that suit your personality or does it is it just water off a duck's back I, I think it's exciting for the team it's really good for the workshop it's really good for you know, my colleagues at work, some of whom have worked with me for, you know, 15 years, for it for, to, to start seeing that all this work, and sometimes it's a slog, let's face it, you know, business sometimes is, is a grind. You've just got to keep going. And, you know, we've been through various cycles, business cycles of ups and downs. And, you know, now it's great to start seeing it coming back in the right direction and, and getting a pat on the back is always nice. You know. Now, finding new things, uh, and um, you work with your hands, you have a team that works with their hands as well as their ideas and looking into the world and pulling ideas out of it. How do you ensure that that's at the centre of what you do? Because A, I imagine you get bored if you're not creating new things that are wild and wacky, but B, you can redefine the market. But coming up with new stuff all the time, not easy. Well, it's, it's, there's kind of three elements to that. Firstly, about, I guess about 10 years ago, I found myself doing entirely business working entirely on the business side and I became very frustrated and what I then did is built myself a studio in London for myself where I could just make and play and that was really important um, and then secondly I've we started a program whereby we really actively encourage everybody within work to give them the time and the space to develop ideas that they've got because we employ incredibly creative people across the board from the accounts team through to the the workshop are all brilliant and they've all got ideas of course they have and and we just try and now give them the space and the time even though we're super busy i mean we've got a massive amount of work but if they have an idea and they come to me and they go, this is what I want to do and I think it could be interesting, brilliant. We put it in the production schedule and that becomes their slot just to play, just to make, just to push the envelope of what's possible with leather as a material for interiors or product. And it's vital. It's really important for us, that whole evolution of, of possibilities it is, is crucial. And that sense of play, I imagine, would be the same regardless of the industry. If you, were, if you were running a totally different kind of business that made tennis rackets, you would say also it's time to play on the design. It's time to play on the tautness of the strings, on the, the fabric of the string. Is that right? And if so, isn't that the, a big challenge in, in a very competitive market regardless because everyone's in a competitive market now? Well, one of the things that the London Business School taught me, and I still absolutely hold with it, is that... All businesses are effectively the same. The framework for all businesses is the same. So be it a, a law firm, you guys still have to sit around and be innovative. You guys still have to sit around and think around 
the problem and develop new ideas. It's exactly the same. There's no difference between that and on a bench dreaming up a new way of embossing leather or carving leather or stitching leather or folding leather. It's, it's exactly the same. So basically the message is you've got to go and play. Time to introduce some more music right now, though, before we come back to more from Bill. This is Madeline Peru and I'm all right. <laughs> Tilting sound of Madeline Peru with I'm Alright. Bill Amberg is with me today. He's famous for lots of leather things and more. You talked about team, Bill, and you said, all oh, the accolades are nice. Always nice to get a pat on the back, but really it's for the team. We've talked about the team playing. You talk a lot about team, and it wasn't just the designers as such. It was everyone. How do you ensure that they are a happy bunch? How do you ensure that they're fulfilled in all the different things that they do? Because it strikes me that that's something you care about. Um. I think we, you know, we have the usual activities. We have forums for discussion. We have a breakfast once a month when everybody gets together and we, you know, eat and chat and have breakfast. Um, We have regular parties. We have kind of the usual beer on a Friday evening. And, you know, I just try and keep it loose. Um, But at the same time, I think giving people responsibility is really important. And if people have the responsibility and they feel that they're part of something, then it always brings out the best in everybody. And it brings out the best in me. You know, it's better for me when I walk in to the workshop and it's actually happening and alive. It feels good for everybody. The other thing I would say that I did that I kind of learned over a, over a series of years is putting the workshop right in the heart of the business. So now any visitor, anybody that comes to my office has to walk through the workshop. So the accounts team, the design team, the estimators, everybody, they're walking past people making something the whole time. Any visitor comes to my place, that's what they witness. So it it, it refocuses everybody onto making. On the product. On the product. And and within the product, which is of very high quality, which sells for a premium price on the whole, um, underpinning that are standards and underpinning that are values. How have you inculcated both of those things over the years? Because it strikes me again, when people talk about Bill Ambo design, they know what they're going to get. That's not easy to deliver year on year, day on day, and so on and so forth. What have you done to ensure that people know the rules of the road? I don't mean rules in that sense, but know the shape of how you want things to work. Well, we have a, I mean, within the workshop, there's a structure in that we have a a workshop manager, but we also have a senior leather worker, junior leather worker, and an apprentice. So people are being trained the whole time. Um, I try and get somebody from every discipline of the techniques of leather work within the workshop so there's always somebody that comes from bookbinding effectively somebody that comes from saddlery somebody that comes from case making and they 
have different disciplines, but they intertrain. So, you know, your saddler can teach everybody excellent hand stitching. The bookbinder can talk about molding and can show people how to mold and, and, and work leather over hard surfaces. Everybody starts to intertrain and, 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 and that's really important. And, and also that's what differentiates us across from other kind of upholsterers, perhaps. We're not an upholstery firm, that we don't do that. We're a specialist leather business. And they're transferring skills rather neatly, I think you'll agree. Final chat coming up with Bill, plus we'll play a track from the soul great Mr Marvin Gaye. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The inimitable sound of Marvin Gaye with Mercy, Mercy Me. Bill Amberg's my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. Bill, we've talked about all sorts of stuff, and the last thing we were talking about I think was really critical. It was about learning and about continuous learning, but learning through watching people, not just being told how to do stuff, but actually seeing it happen and then being able to also realise that you can impart knowledge, and that sounds like a really important thing. That that swirling around of expertise and of ideas and of innovation, as you said, and the playing thing... Do you think that that is going to underpin your success in the future? I mean, are you worried that your business is going to fundamentally change as we look at the major changes going on in the world? Or actually, are you perfectly poised to become even bigger and better than you are? Well, we're growing fast at the moment. Um, We are certainly becoming more and more international in terms of the clients that are coming to us. Um, and the tasks that we're being set or asked to, to, to participate and collaborate with and on. Um, and as I said, I think that's that process of innovation and development is really important. So I kind of think now we've got an amazing opportunity because this business of mixing technology and, and technique together is is really exciting. And, and the young designers that we've got now are brilliant on the technical side they're, they're you know the new materials that have been developed new techniques i mean 3d printing and all that stuff didn't exist four years ago mm. um so for us to really fully understand it and to be able to use it within our business is is great and so exciting and in a few weeks time i believe you're launching you're getting you've got back your license to your own bill amberg line and you've got a whole range of accessories coming out absolutely, that right? absolutely yeah I'm, I'm designing bags again so it's kind of weirdly full circle so there's going to be a bill amberg accessories line in september um we're completely rebuilding the websites so it'll be an entirely new website um where you'll be able to go shopping this is dangerous. I'm not. Please, I hope my wife's not listening to this. I've realised over the the last few years how important bags are. It, um, not not necessarily for me, but um, it seems like you know people absolutely adore their bags, and there's going to be more gorgeous ones coming out. Uh, do you, are there you know threats from the other parts of the industry? I mean, are other people doing what you do, and you go, they're brilliant. Do you look at your competitors like that, or do you focus just on you? No, I mean, I think that our partners, you know, in terms of the people that we're working with. You know, on the architectural side, you know, Renzo Piano and Fosters and David Chipperfield um, are, you know, magnificent, interesting companies. And and that will just go on expanding, I think, as the, as those collaborations and partnerships start to develop 
internationally. Um, as I said earlier on, we've just developed a line of furniture with with um, Michaelis Boyd for the Williamsburg Hotel in in, in New York. That's going to be really interesting when that opens up later this year. Mm. Um, so all of these things are kind of massive steps for us. You know, they really will open up new doors, I'm sure. And it feels like there's another phase of the business just about to start now that you've got your name back and things. But do you, and you're, you're young, but you've been doing this a long time. Is there a sense of legacy? Do you think about that? Or do you think about what am I going to get out of the workshop tomorrow? I, 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 legacy is a, a weird word. I, I don't believe in it. I think everybody has to do their thing. And, you know, I don't want my children to feel they have to be leather designers you know, heaven forbid. <laughs> You're going to advise them well away from that. Bill, listen, you've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much for being my business shaper today. And good luck with the whole new um, accessory line. I absolutely won't be letting my wife anywhere near it, just so you know. And if you see the moss pop up, you let me know. Um, what's your song choice before I let you go? And why have you chosen it? Um, well, uh, when I was asked this question, it was a really beautiful sunny afternoon. And I, looking out the window, and I thought it'd be nice to hear a bit of the Cologne concert from Keith Jarrett, which is, he was the master of, of um, improvised jazz. And I saw him once in 1982 at the Adelaide um, Arts Festival. And uh, it's just stayed with me ever since. It's just, he's magic. Now, it is a 26-minute version. I promise you it won't be the 26-minute version. But here's some of it, as you said, a bit of Keith Jarrett. Thank you so much, Bill. That was Keith Jarrett, Colm Concert Part 1. Apologies we didn't play the whole thing. If you like Keith, then you can, of course, listen to more Keith Jarrett on Dinner Jazz any evening from 7pm here on Jazz FM. Bill Amberg, what a great guy. Uh, someone who understood the importance of business and understanding business, even though he's a super creative person. Importance of playing for innovation. All of his team are playing legitimately. And the importance of learning. Never stop learning, he said. Absolutely fantastic advice and a great attitude for anyone thinking about their own business. Join me again, same time, same place, next Saturday, 9am sharp, here on Jazz FM. In the meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.